views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. It's great to have you all tune us in, turn us on. And, you know, for most of you out there, you have been listening to the show now. This is our second hour. And it's so awesome to be connecting with all of you. You know, I I love uh, what we do. I love how we go about it. And I love the folks that we actually come across. Today, we're going to be talking about the Norse shaman. But first, let's say hi to Benny. Hi, B. Hey, Pat. How are you doing? I did pretty good today. Excellent. So far, so good. Yeah, that's the way you we want to do it. Start the week off. The, kind of getting the flow. Uh, so, Benny, uh, I played in a, a ping pong tournament this weekend. Yeah, how'd it go? We were talking about it last week. Yeah. Uh, you no, know, you had, started out like that. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. You already started. You already uh, convinced me. You know, I had some really good moments. Okay. And then right. I had some moments that were like... I totally zoned out. I, I I actually had a game which I thought I should have won, but I needed to be present in order to win. <laughs> yeah, it's a mental game. You dusted it off though for the first time in a, in a while, so it'll it'll come back to you. I did dust it off. I really did. Uh, and we'll see. I may move forward and do a little bit more of this. What do you think? I think so. Go for it. Uh, Benny and I, we like to like chit chat a little bit about how we spend our fun time. And we actually do have fun time every once in a while. So for me, I happen to have a job that I love. So I get to have more fun than most, I think, Benny. Wow. I want to just say to everybody out there, what a great chat we're getting ready to have the Norse shaman. This this book, when this book came across our desk, Linda was like, "Oh, you got to have a conversation with Evelyn." Uh, Evelyn Reisdyke joining me here today. And by the way, why the Norse shaman? What does that mean? Ancient spiritual practices of the northern tradition. Now. Why is it that Miss Linda would be so excited about this? Well, first of all, she's not the only one. I'm super excited about it as well. Everything from shape-shifting here, revealing, you know, hidden information. I mean, this is the vibe that we're sensing in the world right now. Today, Evelyn and I, we're going to be talking about what this means. What is the Norse shaman? And by the way, you know, how is it now 
coming to the forefront. What is it about having this conversation about the concept of the first shaman? What is it about that that is so widely open? You all have heard me talk about the fact that we are out in the world now, and all you need to do is go to the movies these days, and we are talking about what Thor, for sure, and many more But Evelyn is out there as the expert, not only about this, but about much more. She's the author of several noted books on shamanism, including this one. Uh, And she's here today to help us shine the light on what many people have said is not only just a lost notion, but an underrepresented. Evelyn, it's great to have you here. Oh, I'm thrilled to be with you. So what do you so so, so let's talk about for, before we even get into the book in detail the Norse shaman you know many people are, have fell in love with what we're calling the northern traditions now how do we know that well the entire world is in a, an uproar about killing off Thor so what I want to I want to talk with you about is clarify what the North Norse uh, uh, shaman is about, and and a bit about the the origins of northern tradition. Well, that's a big question. It is. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I went through the door of the northern traditions, looking for the remnants of shamanic culture that mm-hmm. were still preserved in Europe. You know, we, I've studied with shamans from all around the world, from the Andes in South America all the way to far uh, eastern Siberia and <laughs> south to Nepal. And it, it was interesting to me, since shamanism appears to have been a global phenomenon, <clears throat> it's a spiritual tradition of the hunter-gatherer, so all of our ancestors practiced shamanism at one point in our uh, evolution here. But in Europe, it seemed to be very, very far in the distant past, and I wondered if folk traditions and some of the mythologies that have been passed to us didn't offer some threads about what had gone before. Mm. And it didn't hurt the fact that I'm half Norwegian, <laughs> that I was interested in it also, but I thought, <clears throat> this is this is a way to sniff around, which I love to do. I'm a, I'm a real... Uh, curious person. So sniffing uh, around and looking for research is one of my fun things. It gives it gives my left hemisphere of my brain something to do, too. Well, yeah. And Linda's dad was born in Norway. So, I mean, you know, this was like, and they've been like parents for me, to me. And so I've gotten to know some cultural things that I would not have known otherwise. Um, I want to ask you, do you think the northern traditions are misunderstood? Oh, I think they are, absolutely. You, you have to remember the inter, most interesting thing, I think, about the northern traditions is the people in the far north were Christianized last. That means they held on to older folk beliefs a lot longer than the rest of Europe. And what they preserved up there, even though it, it has an overlay of the Indo-European polytheism and the Indo-European, more patriarchal culture, they retained the thread of a strong feminine also in the North. Mm. And I Mm. think that is an important thread for us to pick up again, because unless we 
address the world in balance and together as as a collective, I think we won't be able to address the the big threats to not only our species, but the rest of the species. Mm. You know, can we talk about that for a minute, uh, you know, about uh, about the women, the feminine? You know, can we talk about that? Because I think that is, I, I believe, the, the, the women are not talked much about. And I want to ask you a bit about that. Is that done on purpose or is that just, what do we want to call that? Uh, we've kind of missed it. <laughs> well, the, the fact that even though um, people in female bodies make up half the population, it's interesting that when I was in school, uh, I had to take a women's studies class in order to learn about women's history. Mm. Uh, there were uh, African-American studies classes, there were Asian-American study classes, and there were women's uh, history classes. And so it, if you think about our culture, which derives from the cultures of Northern Europe, American culture is very much uh, a product of Northern European culture. It tends to reflect that patriarchal and particularly white face. And anything that does not fit necessarily into that category is not, let's, let's be generous and say, not as well reported and recorded. Uh-huh, yeah. And, and when I say feminine, I also want to uh, not just talk about women, because even though I'm in a female body, there is mm-hmm. a feminine energy in every being. Yes. And so it's about restoring wholeness, wholeness to individuals, and wholeness as a community, where we honor the the gifts and the magic that everyone carries, because it, I think we we really are missing half half the necessary wisdom if we don't honor both energies in people. Mm. I want to ask you this question, and this would be a great place to start off. Um, I know that this book that you've written is just amazing. I, I mean, you know, there are so many things that the world does not know about. But the question that I want to ask you is, you know, there is a sense of power uh, about Norse shamanism, and you write about that. And as a matter of fact, we're starting to see it more and more now in our pop culture, by the way, right? Yeah. You know, I'm not just talking about Thor. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but even in Game of Thrones, you know, even those kinds of big ticket kinds of of theatrical presentations are really showing it. Uh, and also there is an affinity of people towards it. How is that power being accepted or how should I say, uh, how is it inviting more people to step into that energy and vibration? You know, I think exploring power is a good way to understand how to use it in a good way. Mm -hmm. The Germanic languages have two words that they use when they're referring to power. Mm. One is croft, which refers to power as energy. So like a power plant would be called a croft works. And the other word is macht, which is... Uh, power or force over something else. So I think as we're exploring, you know, as a culture that has its roots in Northern Europe, as we're starting to explore 
sort of the roots of our culture, we also have an opportunity to see where we lost power as energy and turned it into power as force. You know, I'm, I'm happy about my particular heritage. I, you know, love the fact that my grandparents preserved their traditions and passed them on to us. But I'm equally as horrified about how the people who look like me have done so much damage in the world, subjugating other people, um, colonizing other places, and basically transforming the landscape in a way that has been um, really detrimental. So I think we're in a place where everything is out and easy to see. You know, it's very hard to keep things under the under the covers anymore, as you can tell from our political landscape. And <laughs> the uh, the fact that it's out for us to really look at, examine, to discover how did we get here from there, unpack some of that material, and find a way through to the next step that we need to take as human beings. I love this. There's so much to talk with you about. We're going to take a short break. When we come back... One of my favorites in the book. Well, there's so much. Uh, the Geography of the Spirit World. You're going to love this, folks. I am so thrilled to be talking about this, the North Shaman. When we come back, uh, don't forget, I have a copy of the book to give away here. We will well, actually two copies. We'll be doing that when we come back. We're going to be talking about this ge- geography of the spirit world. And what is the role now as women that we are being called to play. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Evelyn's in the house. We'll be right back. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at thedrpatshow.com. Tune in to the Angels and Answers Psychic Radio Show with Clairvoyance Artie Hoffman and Sky Siegel every Thursday for a two-hour show, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio. Artie and Sky deliver spiritual and motivational messages with passion and a sense of humor. Call in 800-930-2819 for live and on-air readings. Visit ArtieHoffman.com and SkyOfAngels.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. 
beyond being this amazing neurologist, inventor, author, Dr. Dan Cohen has been called to look at technology and look at personal and spiritual development and merge these together as technology uses the healing and psycho-spiritual effects of synchronized sounds, vibrations, electromagnetic fields, and how that interacts with us in our nervous system in what we're calling the Soltech Chair. The Soltech Lounge induces profound levels of relaxation that transition over time into deep meditative states. The synchronized sound, vibration, and magnetic field induce these states. The subject doesn't have to work at it. To learn more, go to soltechwellbeing.com. That's S-O-L-T-E-C, well-being. This is the story of a girl. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You know, welcome back. We got a lot to talk about here. Evelyn, before we jump back into the conversation and give a, a copy of the book away, I, I would love for you to share with people, first of all, how can they find out more about you and how can they get a copy of the book? Uh, you can find out about me by uh, going to my website, which is EvelynRiseDyke.com. And Risedyke is spelled R. Y like in yellow, S like in Sam, D like in David, Y like in yellow, K dot com. And uh, as far as the book is concerned, you can find it in bookstores everywhere, including online places like Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble. It's out there. So if you want it, you can get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's great. You know, uh, let, let's just let's just talk about a couple of things before we actually give a copy of the book away. You know, one of them, uh, I think is and I was sharing this, uh, uh, I was reading the book and I said, I made a comment to you. How in the world did you get everything that you put in this book in this book? And what did you say? Under 200 and something pages, right? Yeah. But it works so well together. And I want, I was really struck by earlier in the book, this idea of the spirit world and the way you describe it, because you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about spirituality and, and shamanism and so forth. But this here is really quite intriguing. Tell us about this and tell us about what this means in terms of harmony. Well, I can say that uh, even if you don't use the word spirit world, there is Mm -hmm. a lot of reality that lies beyond the realm of our senses. Our eyes, for instance, only see the visible spectrum, and yet Insects can see into ultraviolet, and every hawk and raptor can see infrared. The same thing is true of our hearing. We can only hear a small band of audible sound. Whales and elephants can hear below it, and your dog and bats can certainly hear above it. So we have this definition of reality that is actually fairly small, And even if you add our machinery that can proceed beyond that, there's still um, a kind of Newtonian view of what is real. And I'm making air quotes, but you can't see that on the radio. So if you think that there there is more that lies beyond that, which we now understand through our machinery, 
there is this desire, I think, for human beings to connect with that. Our ancestors were connecting with what I refer to as the numinous, that which is this kind of spiritual energy that lies beyond ordinary reality, uh, very, very early on, as we sat around fires in the incredible darkness of a world without electric lights. And there are very Mm. few places in the United States that we can go where it's as dark as it was when our ancestors lived. And the, the flickering of a fire, as anybody who sat in front of the fireplace or a campfire, you go someplace when you watch the flickering. And flickering fire, it, it has the same rhythm as high alpha and theta waves in your brain, and your brain likes to entrain to rhythm. So when you're in that brain state, you actually are having visionary experiences. That is the first kind of journeying that our ancestors did. And when I say journeying, shamanic journeying is not so much altered consciousness. I think of it as expanded awareness. We move beyond the limitations of our senses to begin to perceive that which lies beyond. And Mm. we do that when we're just falling asleep. We do that in the dream state. We do that when we're having, excuse me, <clears throat> the reverie that um, I used to get kind of visionary experiences when I would be traveling on the Long Island Railroad into Manhattan. Yeah. And the the old uh, the old diesel trains made the old clackety-clack kind of sound. <laughs> and just being rocked and listening to that clackety-clack, I would be able to solve problems because I had stepped into that other way of being, that expanded state of awareness. And in that expanded state, even if you think of it happening between your ears, that we spend most of our time in what we refer to as left hemisphere tasks, but we have this right hemisphere that perceives the world differently. Even if you think about it only happening between our ears and our ancestors' ears, opening up to that other way of perceiving can provide solutions that are necessary to solve the problems that we have in our world today, and they were certainly necessary to our ancestors. If you're a hunter-gatherer, you need to be in relationship with all the beings around you, and you need to know information that is really hard to get if you're walking around on foot uh, with elders and children and moving from place to place. Seasonally, you may have to intercept a herd that you depend on for food at a a certain time of year, and herds don't take the same highway every year. They migrate across the landscape, and... If you miss intercepting them, you might miss your winter's food. So you'd have to find out where are they. Now, you don't have a helicopter because you're a hunter-gatherer. There are no places that you can look high enough to determine where they are beyond a certain mileage. So how do we find out that information? Somebody would expand their awareness, and initially maybe all the tribal people would, but then somebody got really good at it, could expand at will and come back. And that became the shaman of the group, the shaman of the tribe. And so shamanism and that tool of intentionally expanding awareness became as necessary to survival as being able to nap flint to make arrowheads or twist plant fibers into cordage. It became that other useful tool to see beyond what our ordinary eyes could see, to perceive that which lied, uh, lay just 
far enough away in either time or space, but that we need it now. Mm. You know, the, dis, you know the, the, uh, what, what's the word I want to use? The revelation, again, of what we're talking about here today. I mean, there is a thread right now of, of more and more discovery, you know, unveiling, so to speak, uh, of this, uh, this level of spirituality and understanding of it. But there's also this area where the dots are being connected. And what do I mean by that? And I'd love for you to talk about them when we come back from break. And that is, how does the past or what we're learning about the past, or what we're learning about mythology of the past, how is that now becoming almost a reflection of what we're seeing in the world today? You know, what are the lessons we might learn uh, from the past of what we're seeing in the world today? And maybe something you could talk about with us, and that is, why are we so, as a society, not everywhere, but as a society, why are we so threatened by feminine energy? Clearly, we see it in, in, um, we see it in the Middle East. We're, start, we're seeing it here. But we're seeing it essentially in a number of places, but not so much in the North. Why is that? Let's take a short break. A lot for you to think about, Evelyn, right here. A <laughs> lot, lot for you to think about. Lot I'm ready. for you to think about, you know, you know, what is it about the folks over there in the north? What, what did they got going on that we are a little bit behind on? Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back, and then we'll give copies of the book away. I remember when we broke up the first time, seeing this is it, I've had enough. Like we hadn't seen each other in a month When you said you needed space What? Then you come around again and say Baby, I miss you and I swear I'm gonna change Trust me, remember how that lasted for a day I say I hate Hi, this is Leslie Fontaine It's always surprising where we feel like a victim We hate that word But it's a chance to shift that energy Where we want something out there to fix us We are coming from within with the shift. When we find these spots, we get alarmed, but we can allow source, our higher self, and our will to change that intention into empowerment. Choose today to allow that. Choose to forgive yourself and choose to be totally responsible. Are you ready to shift into your best life? Visit LeslieFontaine.com and let's talk about unfolding all that you want to be, do, and have. You'll find sessions, classes, and audio products to help remove the blocks and move you into your potential. And listen to my show, Sheer Alchemy, on Transformation Talk Radio, Wednesdays at 10 Pacific, 1 Eastern. Francine Vale is a being of light. She believes that all people of planet Earth are as well. As co-host of the Angel Healer Radio Show, Francine teaches you heart-centered ways to manifest healing on your own behalf and how to integrate love more fully into your daily life. Connect with your angels as you find your life flowing with ease and harmony. Walk the path of light with Francine and Dr. Pat Basili every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Dr. Brie Gibbs is a fourth-generation high priestess with the knowledge to raise your vibration in conscious creation. 
offering a wide variety of services from Goddess Light and Shamanic Healing Seminars to private reading sessions. Bree works with you so you too can stand in your own power. Isn't it about time you took your life into your own hands? For more information about Bree's services and products, visit silvergaia.net. That's silver, G-A-I-A dot net. Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. Have you ever wanted to learn about the colors of your chakras? Well, now's your chance. Lynn Brown, host of Get Into It, is hosting an event Friday, November 4th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. in Mount Vernon. Every person will get a reading on the most prominent color in their aura. Join Lynn Brown November 4th at the Riverwalk Studio in Mount Vernon. To register for this event, call 360-588-4713. That's 360-588-4713. Hey, everybody, it's great to have all of you tune us in, turn us on. Benny, let's give a copy of the book away, Uh, The North Shaman. Uh, We have two copies to give away, 1-800-930-2819. Evelyn, as I've said before, there is so much in the book, but you've done a beautiful job in the way you've laid this out. And definitely having diagrams in the book to explain things really helps. Um, I'm really struck by the way that you've created this this tapestry, this weaving, so to speak, of ancient times uh, and uh, the relationship of those ancient, ancient times to perhaps what we're starting to see revealed in the world. And what do I even mean by that? Well, here we are. We have a, a young woman who receives the Nobel Peace Prize Uh, after being shot several times, who refuses to go down and say, I'm here to stand for women being educated. And yes, it's, it's not common in my culture, but I'm still here to do that. Can you talk about what you've discovered or what you are revealing in the book? And, and if it does relate to the times that we're living in now, I think it totally uh, relates to the time we're living in now because mm-hmm. the information that I've discovered on some of the oldest shaman graves in uh, the European area, and I also include into the Middle East, since it's all part of Eurasia, the oldest shaman graves are the graves of women who are old enough to be grandmothers. Mm. And clearly our ancestors venerated um, if you look at little images like the Venus of Willendorf, and, and they, our ancestors made figures like that of women that were clearly older and had had multiple pregnancies. Mm. Uh, I refer to them in, in a very loving term as the little fat grandma statues. And um, 
they did that for 38,000 years. So that, uh, that image, that idea had to be so powerful to have continually been made for 38,000 years. And the time period at which the people were doing this was really fraught with climate change. The, uh, the Ice Age is not a one-time event. The Ice Age meant the glaciers advanced and receded multiple times. And each time they did, the landscape would be transformed. So during someone's lifetime, an area could go from forest to tundra and even back again within one lifetime. Now, why that's important is if you're a hunter-gatherer, your food source would shift completely as the climate changed. The amount of fresh water would change. The amount of um, just the temperature shifts would be enormous so that you'd have to deal with a very tumultuous environment. And there was something about that, that icon, that ideal, that archetype of the wise elder female. Because remember, the other thing about hunter-gatherers is they did not have writing. They were oral cultures, and they depended upon elders passing on wisdom. Elders were like encyclopedias. You know, they were like uh, Wikipedia. They were like the Internet. So those, those beings were incredibly powerful, and then some of those women were also uh, very skilled at expanding awareness and became shamans. And we know that from the evidence of their graves, the things that they were buried with. And so we are now here in our 21st century, sorely lacking in honoring the elder female. The elder female is sort of relegated um, to a lesser position than the young female, and females in general tend to be in a lesser position than male. And we are facing a similar kind of catastrophe, climate-wise, and it seems like we're being called to bring back the tools that our ancestors relied on, because they survived tremendous climate change, and they adapted to it with the support of the shamanic practitioners, those shamans that were women, and through holding on to this understanding of the preserving that elder wisdom in a female body. Something about that is necessary to survival. It's clear that our ancestors knew that. And what we're seeing now, I think, in the struggle is that those two forms of power that are duking it out in our culture. There is a rise for the last 30 years of people that are looking at power as energy. Certainly, all the um, complementary medical practitioners out there that practice different kinds of energy medicine, that's power as energy, including shamanic practitioners. And then there is the that force kind of power that is being challenged by that energy kind of power, because the force will not take us where we need to go to survive climate change. Getting mm. people to be divided to only follow orders, to suppress the needed um, brilliance. You know, we need brilliance, brilliant minds in whatever bodies they happen to be housed in, 
Yeah. We need people to work together in brilliant ways, and we need to have all of the wisdom. We need to bring back that understanding of elders who carry an awareness of how to work together, for instance. You live to a certain age, you know that even if you don't agree with someone, you have to figure out how to work together to solve the bigger problem. And that is some of that that wisdom that we need sorely right now. And so we can see echoes in the past of the very tools that would be <clears throat> excuse me, beneficial for solving the catastrophe that's coming down the road and has already begun. Mm. What is it going to take for us to remember, uh, you know, where we are as uh, as a species, meaning that, you know, we are these uh, amazing beings here. And, you know, if we look at mythology or we look at and we go back and we look at what has been written or what has been passed on. And I love that you refer to the story of the elders, because, you know, in some traditions, that is the only way we know uh, about what came before. Uh, I mean, clearly we're seeing that in our native culture right now, where those stories are uh, at the risk of not being told, not being, not continuing. And I think the stories are important for us to remember all of them, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I want to ask you uh, a question about this. How do we connect uh, you know, the spiritual level of expansiveness that spirituality does bring forth uh, to a very narrow view of, of behavior in the world today. How do we get the vibe of abundance and the vibe of good doing in the world in the forefront today? When we expand our awareness, we also get to connect with the wisdom that is all around us, the wisdom in nature, the wisdom in animals, the wisdom in birds. I mean, we are not the only tool users, for instance. Crows and ravens make tools. They make them as well as chimpanzees, who are our cousins. There are, there are beings in our world that we have thought of as less than us that may very well have the wisdom that we require. So we have to develop, redevelop, really, remember our connections to the natural world because we are part of the natural world. We have labored under the illusion that we are separate from the natural world, but that has caused a great deal of problem in, the, in, in, our, uh, in our ecosystem. So when we expand our perceptions, we can begin to, to connect, first of all, that it's not the tree outside the window is not an it, it's a who. And that that tree can tell us more about what's happening with the climate, what's happening when the seasons change. I know I have a maple tree right outside my house, and that maple tree tells me when the sap starts to run long before the weather guy does. Because the, the snow around the base of that maple tree begins to melt just around the trunk yeah. as the sap begins to run. And so <laughs> it, the snow may be two or three foot tall everywhere else, but right around the trunk, that tree is awake again, the sap is flowing, and the snow melts just around the trunk. And then I know that any place that's broken from the winter will begin to weep sap. And so 
that's telling me a sign of spring long before the calendar, long before the weatherman, the tree tells me. And so as we reconnect ourselves in the way our ancestors understood, and indeed learn to use that same kind of awareness for the people around us. You know, we have mistaken electronic connectivity with actual connection. Actual connection means sitting down and talking to someone, yeah. spending time learning what their reality is. How is it different from yours, and how are they actually the same? Because if we peel away our different social structures, the dogma of our traditions and our religions, we find that people all over the world want the same things. They want to have shelter. They want to have enough food and water. They want their children to have a good life. These things are universal, and they are the same for other species. They are the same. So when we reconnect in that way, when we expand our perceptions beyond the limitations of how we've been raised, the limitations of what our senses tell us, we reacquaint ourselves with the larger reality that we are a part of, and we start to see the similarities that connect us instead of the, the illusions that separate us. Oh, wow. You know, this is so powerful in so many ways. We're going to take a short break. I also want to say to folks, we're going to give away a second copy of this incredible book, The North Shaman, 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the rituals that have been outlined in the book. What can we learn? What can we do? What is it about the word that is being passed on through this book that can help us create rituals for our own lives? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have you felt a lot of fear and self-doubt in your life where you feel like you never know what's right for you? As a result, maybe you've made yourself invisible or haven't fully put yourself out there. Hi, my name is Deb Acker. In addition to being the host of Truth Talk Radio, I'm an intuitive life coach and energy healer. I clear energy blocks to all areas of life, including stepping into your power to be confident and visible in your relationships and the world. Did you know fear, self-doubt, feeling invisible, and not feeling comfortable to put yourself out there are all linked to not being in your power? What if you could always feel powerful and on purpose at all times? I used to spend a lot of time hiding in fear and self-doubt. Now I'm not afraid to put myself out there on a bigger scale, and most importantly, I know it's right for me in every moment, and I take action accordingly. On the other side, I now help others with this, and if you're ready to be powerful and confident and let go of the fear that holds you back from a bigger life, I'd love to gift you with my pattern identification session. Simply contact me on the contact page of my website, deborahacker.com. That's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-A-C-K-E-R.com. And let me know you heard about this gift through Transformation Talk Radio. I look forward to connecting soon. Are you feeling stagnant or blocked in your love life, career, health, or finances? Experiencing difficulty focusing or setting and achieving goals? Tune in to Spiritual Diagnostics Radio with psychic visionary healers Carol Dorian and Suzanne Evans. Discover the cause and effect of unwanted patterns in life. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit spiritualdeed.com. Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. 
a healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistique Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Can you keep your lifestyle in retirement? It's a question people often wonder about. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Jeff Packman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Jeff can break down retirement planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. In fact, 93% of clients who have had the Confident Retirement Approach conversation feel more confident about their retirement. Call Jeff Packman, Financial Advisor, at 425-453-0272 for your Confident Retirement conversation today. Office is located at 601 108th Avenue Northeast, Suite 1800, Bellevue, Washington, 98004. Percentage based on Ameriprise Financial Confident Retirement Client Survey as of December 2013. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment and advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member of FINRA and SIPC. Hey, everybody, welcome back. One more time, Evelyn, if you don't mind uh, letting folks know how they can get a copy of the book uh, as well as your website. And then I'm excited. We're going to talk about rituals. <laughs> well, you can uh, pick up the book just about anywhere. It's called The North Shaman. And uh, if you Google my last name, you will find all kinds of places to get it. And my last name is spelled R, Y like in yellow, S like in Sam, D like in David. Why Like in Yellow K, Evelyn Reisdyke. And you can go to my website, which is EvelynReisdyke.com. Awesome. Um, let's talk about rituals, because throughout the book, uh, you know, there are many. And, you know, I said before the break that we're surrounded by rituals. We may not call them that, but we really are in our society. It's one of those words that people shy away from, but yet uh, we're. Re- I'm really struck by the fact that each of us has some kind of ritual practice we go through. Some people may say, well, that's not spiritual. Some people may say it is. You know, walking out in the Puget Sound, walking a beach and just breathing in nature, that is a spiritual ritual for me. You mentioned several in the book. I would love to hear what are are on the top of your list. Well, let me say something about ritual, first of all. Mm -hmm. Yes. Intentional ritual is... Uh, is a powerful tool. You know, we do a lot of automatic things like uh, if try rearranging uh, the stuff on top of your uh, bathroom counter and notice how much you typically do on automatic and you stumble when the toothbrush is not where it used to be. <laughs> so that's, that's an unintentional ritual that we're a part of. But an intentional ritual is an excellent way to not only internalize something, you, you are teaching your subconscious what's important to you. So when you do a ritual that has to do with your spiritual tradition or some way that you connect with nature, which I'll talk about in a second, mm-hmm. you, are, you are teaching yourself and programming yourself. So let me explain. Our subconscious part of our mind 
is always paying attention. And that's the part that hears everything you say and everything you do. So when you engage in a physical action, a, a ritual that is important to you, that you've, you're doing this intentionally, you are telling your subconscious, hey, this is important, pay attention. And you are, in effect, programming yourself about how you want to see the world. So ritual is a really powerful tool in our toolbox, and you don't have to be highly skilled at ritual to come up with a clear intention and something that you do with your physical body to reinforce the message so that your subconscious learns what is it that's important to me. This is a great way to do things having to do with um, transforming your life, say, bringing in more abundance or finding the right job, whatever it might be. You are programming yourself for success. You can do these through ritual. The same is true in learning our, our true place in the cosmos and gaining wisdom from the invisible world. So one of the rituals that uh, I do that is really accessible to anybody is uh, the traditional Norse wilderness quest, which is called Utaseta. And Utaseta is setting out on the land and then connecting usually through the shamanic journey process that for the Norse shaman would be done by singing to help alter uh, uh, consciousness or expand awareness, but you could just as easily use a rattle if that's what you're used to. Spending time out in nature to allow the wisdom of the nature spirits to teach you. When we spend even short periods of time, a few hours, out in nature without our cell phone and without our journal and without all that stuff, and really tune in, we are giving ourselves the opportunity in that stillness and in that being aware of what's around us to learn something that we never did before. I'll never mm -hmm. forget, uh, we, we had, uh, this is years ago, I teach long-term trainings, and we had a guy who grew up in an urban area who had never spent the night outside. And so he prepared, and uh, he spent his night out, and the thing that really shocked him, first of all, was how noisy the night is in nature, because all the nocturnal critters are up. But he picked a little grassy area that had dandelions. And he said, I've lived with dandelions my entire life, but I never knew that they closed up at night and went to sleep. And that, that simple thing changed his experience of the weeds around his house. The weeds that he passed all the time that was just part of the background suddenly became foreground players. You know, we're... We need that experience of being quiet in nature, being aware of what's around us, and allowing wisdom to come in. And uh, unlike a Native American vision quest, which requires privation in order to receive a vision, yeah. when, a shamanic, when a shamanic practitioner goes out, they already have the tool for expanding their awareness, and so they can do that at any point any place in nature, giving themselves the gift of being back in connection with the natural world. And there's something magical that happens every single time I do this. Anyone where you live, you get to walk the beaches of the Pacific Ocean or, or in the, in the uh, sound, 
and there's something that you see every time. Am I am I right? I mean, you. Oh, see, oh yeah. Uh, there's they, no question about it. There's a smell that catches you. A sight. You see a bird do something you never saw before. You might see fish do something or uh, a whale come in into the sound. Those things change us on a on a profound level. When we have those kind of interactions with nature, where we meet the sentience, the consciousness that is in the natural world head-on, and we look into the eyes, for instance, of a, a wild animal, even if it's a deer, you look into the eyes of that animal and go, there is a consciousness behind those eyes. I am suddenly no longer alone. You know, because we, we're the only species that can think of ourselves as separate, you know, separate from each other, separate from nature. When we see that consciousness looking back at us, the eye of a whale, the, the, the deer that turns its head toward you, even the little squirrel that stops and mm-hmm. sits up and looks at you, you know, scrutinizes you, you recognize that you are surrounded by family. You are surrounded by beings who may look different than you. They're little, they're furry, or they swim in the ocean, but they are part of your family. And what happens is there's an awakening inside of us that science has proved to be true. You know, the Native American phrase, all my relations. And I think that's sort of a, a multi-tribal kind of... I think that of... one of the things that I think is so important in what you said is that this is available to all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, for those listening and you're thinking, I've got to travel here, I've got to travel there, and this is the way, right way to do it, and this is, what we're saying today and what you've shared in your book is that this level of, of spirituality is available to everyone. I want to thank you for today. Thank you so much. Um, I have one last question. What's your personal message, Evelyn? What would you like to leave us with today? My personal message is don't give up. Keep opening up, keep becoming aware, keep reaching out to those beings that are around you. Don't collapse into fear and despair. The world is a beautiful place, and it and you are worth saving. I love it. And one more time, website, tell folks to get the book, and thank you so much for today. Uh, I'm at EvelynRysdyke.com, and you can find my book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your local bookstore. And I was delighted to be with you today, Pat. Oh, what a great time. What a fabulous book, everyone. I want to thank everybody out there for tuning us in, turning us on. I want to thank you. If you want to find more about us, go to the thedrpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, and remember that you are amazing, amazing beings. And the world for you is limitless. We'll see you next time.
preceding audio was via a Skype call.